welcome to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. This podcast is devoted to helping increase your daily exposure to God's Word with a short scripture reading and brief commentary on key ideas, themes, and theology in each chapter. Now please join your host, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Well, welcome back to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today is January 27th, and today we're going to look at uh, Genesis 27. And just as a reminder for you, every day I read one chapter from the Bible, and then I offer a very brief explanation of key ideas, themes, and theology very briefly. The goal is is to get you into God's Word for about 5 to 20 minutes. And you know what? Lord willing, we're successful, and sometimes I go 30 minutes. But today, let's get into our reading of God's Word from Genesis 27. Genesis 27 says this, When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless the Lord before I die. And now Rebekah was listening when Isaac said, spoke to his son Esau. And so when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and to bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. And now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies but Jacob said to Rebekah his mother behold my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am a smooth man perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing his mother said to him let your curse be on me my son not only obey my voice and go bring them to me Now, so he went and took them and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. And then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth parts of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hands of her son Jacob. And so he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found me so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. And then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may fill you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. And so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. And so he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. And then he said, Bring it near to me. And he brought him wine and he drank. And then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. And so he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his 
his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is, is the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down before you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. And then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For for he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac uh, answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from from your neck. And now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob." But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. And so she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while, until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? And then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? This is the reading of God's word from Genesis 27. Now in this chapter, we see very clearly that Isaac blesses Jacob. Genesis records in detail two important occasions when the patriarchs, nearing death, pronounced special blessings on their firstborn sons in Genesis 27, 1-46, and Genesis 49, 1-27. And in this present account, Isaac mentions uh, is mentioning to bless Esau is subverted by Rebekah, who helps Jacob receive the blessing of the firstborn. 
Now, this event not only builds on the earlier incident when Esau sells his birthright to Jacob in Genesis 25, 29 through 34. It also develops the divine statement in Genesis 25, 23, if the older will serve the younger. And although Rebecca's actions involve deception, the text simply tells us that, uh, that what Rebecca did without condoning or even commenting on her actions. And yet, nevertheless, the first audience again would see the ways in which God in his sovereignty uses all kinds of actions for good, but bad and mixed to bring his people to the place in which they find themselves. Now, in the first two verses, Isaac is introduced as both old and blind, and both factors are important in light of the events that follow. Near to death, Isaac decides that, that the time has come to bless his firstborn son, Esau. As such blessings, they were very important for as prayers addressed to God, they were viewed as shaping the future of those blessed. Isaac's blindness enables Jacob to avoid detection when he pretends to be Esau, and it may also be implied that, that Isaac's physical loss of sight reflects an inner blindness that has made him oblivious to Esau's shortcoming and to God's purpose for Jacob. Now, Isaac's motivation for blessing Esau is possibly driven by a desire for delicious food rather than a true assessment of his character. Verse 4, that my soul may bless you before I die. The paternal blessing that Isaac wishes to give to Esau is important because it will establish the identity of the heir to the divine promises given to Abraham and Isaac. And in light of this, the firstborn uh, will eventually lead to a royal descendant through whom all the nations of the earth will also be blessed. And so this link between the firstborn and the blessing is emphasized in a wordplay involving both terms. Now in Hebrew, the firstborn is Barakah, whereas blessing is Barakah. Now, much of the story involving Esau and Jacob, it centers on these concepts and how the younger twin Jacob acquires both the firstborn birthright and the later uh, and the related paternal blessing. Verses 5 through 10, Rebecca was listening. Now, the narrator states that Rebecca uh, instigates and even coordinates the deception undertaken by Jacob. This uh, mitigates but does not remove Jacob's guilt in deceiving his father. Verses 11 through 13. When Jacob expresses concern about being discovered, Rebecca simply states she's going to bear any curse placed on him. Rebecca's desire for Jacob to receive the blessing of the firstborn is no doubt motivated by her special love for him. Verse 11, from birth Esau was clearly distinguished from Jacob by his hair appearance. Verses 19 through 17, I am Esau, your firstborn. This is an outright lie and in violation of God's later commands in Exodus 20, 16. Isaac's reaction to Jacob's assertion suggests he is not immediately convinced that this is Esau. So the subsequent conversation adds to the drama of the story. Isaac is eventually persuaded when he smells Esau's clothing in verse 27, which uh, Jacob had earlier put on in verse 15. Verse 27, let the people serve you and the nations bow down to you. That is to say, Isaac's blessing for his firstborn, it goes far beyond requesting an abundance of material necessities. Here, Isaac asks for universal sovereignty, embracing not only immediate family, but also peoples and nations. This blessing clearly builds on the divine promise to Abraham that the kings will be among his descendants. Curse be everyone who cursed you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. These words echo God's promise to Abraham. Abraham in Genesis 12:3 and develop a 
motif in Genesis, whereby God's blessing or favor is mediated to others through members of the unique line. This blessing is excluded from those who disdain God's chosen ones. Verses 30 through 36. When Esau returns to discover what has happened, he's filled with anger towards his brother. In response to Isaac's comments that Jacob deceived him, Esau observes, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times in verse 36. And so Esau alludes here to the wordplay on the name Jacob, which means to deceive and even cheat. So from Esau's perspective, Jacob has cheated him out of his birthright and his blessing, although Esau willingly forfeited his birthright to Jacob in Genesis 25, 33. Verse 40, You shall break his yoke from your neck. And although Jacob has has been given authority over his older twin brother Isaac, it indicates that Esau will eventually free himself from his brother's control. Now, later Esau's descendants settle outside the promised land to the east of the Jordan River, eventually taking control uh, of which the, the later location is named Edom. Verses 41 through 45, I will kill my brother Jacob in verse 41. And so when Rebekah learns of Esau's desire to murder his brother, she encourages Jacob to take refuge in the northwestern Mesopotamia, Haran, with her brother uh, Laban in verses 42 through 43. Fratricide is a common theme in the book of Genesis. So this section, it continues the account of Jacob's deception of Isaac. It focuses on the issue of finding an appropriate wife for Jacob and presupposes a knowledge of the earlier comments in Genesis 26, 34 through 35 about Esau's choice of wives. Now, Isaac and Rebekah, they encourage Jacob to get a wife from among their relatives who are living in the north, northwestern Mesopotamia. And their advice to Jacob in turn prompts Esau to take another wife on this occasion from Ishmael's family. Verse 46, the Hittite woman. Rebekah is probably alluding here to Esau's wives, although she could be referring to the Hittite woman in general. She may have deliberately raised this issue in order to provide a rationale for sending Jacob away, conscious of Esau's desire to kill Jacob. Those who affirm the Reformed doctrine of predestination, they argue that God never chooses to redeem anyone because of their own merit, and, and nor does uh, their own righteousness exceed that of the reprobate. In fact, those whom the Lord chooses to save are as undeserving as those whom he passes over, as you see in Romans 9. Israel's patriarchs, because they acted in ways just as unholy as pagan, they bear this whole idea and theology out. And as we continue to examine Genesis, we need to remember the context that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob acted at times just as wickedly as any other person on the earth. Abraham twice put his wife, his wife's life and chastity at risk in Genesis 12. Isaac was often led by his tongue rather than by the spirit in Genesis 25, 28, and Genesis 27. Jacob committed blasphemy in Genesis 27, 19-20. And the Lord is pleased to save sinners. He chose to redeem these men in order to display his glory as we see in Romans 9 22 and 24 not because they were better than everyone else again this passage displays evidence of the Lord's grace to sinners after working behind his back to secure the blessing for Jacob Rebecca manipulates Isaac into sending their younger son away in order that he might be far from Esau's murderous intentions she accomplishes this by uh, complaining about the Hittite woman whose detestability was the one thing upon which both 
both parents could agree. Rebecca could have only approached Isaac more directly, warning him about Esau's plotting, but her earlier lies in favoring of Jacob would have made her word about the older son suspect. And decades of fam- familial uh, disunity and half-truths have made it impossible for the couple to be frank with one another. And still, God has chosen Jacob, and Isaac sends him forth, proving the divine plan will not be thwarted by Jacob's older brother, as we see in Genesis 28. And though Jacob was not his favorite son, Isaac had learned his lesson and now willingly gives the greater blessing to him. He calls on El Shaddai, God Almighty, to bless him in verse 3 and explicitly mentions the Abrahamic blessing in verse 4, showing that Jacob is the next patriarch in the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Jacob goes forth to issue his uncle's house to find a wife for himself and ultimately for the sake of the Lord's kingdom. Matthew Henry says, Jacob's blessing is more expressed and full than the former. It is an inheritance of the blessing of Abraham. It is gospel blessing. And yet, despite his sin and the transgression of his parents, the Lord's electing love remained on Jacob and preserved him, even if his motivations and those of his his mother were not entirely pure. Likewise, we are all sinful, but our belief in Christ alone proves that God's magnificent, undeserved, electing love is upon us. Now, blessings and cursings, as we'll see throughout our time uh, in this on this podcast, play a prominent role in the Word of God, indicating their importance in God's governance of His covenant community. And one of the earliest appearances of this theme of blessing in the Bible, it occurs in Genesis 27, and it is to this chapter that we are looking at today. The Word of God does not view blessings as mere wishes for good that, that may or may not come true. Instead, a blessing is determinative of destiny when the hand of the Lord is in it. This is most clearly seen in the blessings that our Creator declared uh, on His servants in the Word of God. The blessing of Abraham in Genesis 12, for example, is a word that forms the future for the patriarch and his descendants. And once this blessing was given, the Lord could pass it on to succeeding generations, more or less directly, as He did when He appeared to Isaac in Genesis 26, 1-5. And yet God could also pass it down via human intermediaries, and this is how He transferred Abraham's inheritance from Isaac to Jacob and from Jacob to the other patriarchs of Israel, uh, as we'll see in chapter 29 of Genesis. Now, in passing the blessing from Isaac to Jacob via human means, God was not bound to keep human sin out of the process, for he has granted us the freedom to do exactly what we want to do. In fact, allowing sin to play a role in the blessing, a blessings transfer shows that the sovereign will of God is done in spite of our or any other person's opposition to it, as we see from James Boyce. Now, Isaac conspired to thwart the Lord's intention to bless uh, Jacob, and Rebekah and Jacob lied, cheated, and stole to get what God said belonged to Jacob anyway. And even though the blessing went to Jacob as it was ordained, all of the human players suffered for their sin. Jacob went into exile as a result of the trick he and his mother played on Isaac, and Rebekah died without ever seeing her favored son again. Esau emerged as a man willing to follow his father even into sin. Our Lord often does his work through human agents whose motivations are mixed at best. This does not mean that he approves of evil, only that he is able to work in spite of the sinner to achieve his good ends, as we see in Genesis 50:20 and Acts 20 or excuse me, Acts 2:22 through 24. 
Of course, things always go better for us when we endeavor to act with purity. But if the Lord has determined to bless us, not even our, our, our obstinacy can thwart his sovereign grace. It is comforting to know that despite even our best efforts, we cannot undo the Lord's intent to bless his children. And so we cannot take this as a license to sin, for our evil ways will inevitably cause us much hardship in this life. We should also note that a persistent, impenitent refusal to walk in the path of the Lord can indicate that we are not redeemed, and that if we do not turn from our ways, we forfeit the blessing promised to all those who are in Christ." Rebecca's plan to secure the patriarch blessing for Jacob in, in Genesis 27, 5-13, it confronts us with an important question. Is the Lord approve of her deceit? Well, the issue here is thorny because, as this chapter reveals, Jacob successfully received the benediction intended for Esau. But does this mean God was completely happy with Jacob? While other biblical texts indicate that deception may sometimes serve the cause of righteousness and even please the Lord in Exodus 1, 8 through 22. And yet this does not seem to be true of Rebekah and Jacob's plot. As is typical in the Hebrew narrative, there is no explicit moral commentary on their act, but there are hints that God was not pleased with the way in which the patriarch blessing was obtained. Well, first, uh, Rebekah makes no attempt to convince Isaac to change her mind about Esau. If Isaac remained intent on disobeying God, and the blessing Esau after remind after being reminded of Jacob's election, Rebekah's deeds may have been more commendable. In fact, more tellingly, Moses never mentions Rebekah's death. Unlike the other patriarchal wives, she has given no memorial or record of burial, probably because of the way she received the blessing ordained for Jacob. Second, Jacob's life evidences the Lord's disapproval of his methods. His protest in, in Genesis 27, 11 through 12 reflects the worry that he might get caught, not that he might dishonor Isaac. And he blasphemes in his lie that the Lord gave him success in his hunt in verse 20. In fact, the deceptive theft of the blessing causes strife with Esau, causing Jacob to flee in verses 41 through 45, we learn. In fact, Jacob himself is, late, is deceived later on in Genesis 29, 1 through 30, which is is probably an eye for an eye retribution of his own uh, making. Nevertheless, Jacob is ordained for a specific calling in the redemptive plan of God. And so he allows the craftiness of his mother and son to pass the blessing from Isaac to Jacob. God's providence is such that his plans will never be thwarted, though he never approves of his people's sin, even if it contributes to his ends. John Calvin comments on Genesis 27:11, reminding us that just because the Lord often uses our perverse acts for our final good, we, we cannot therefore take this grace as a life into sin. And in line with this promise in Romans 8, 28, God worked through Jacob's sin for the final good of his plan. And though Jacob grasped at spiritual benefits through unspiritual means, thereby getting himself into trouble, the Lord was pleased to allow it in his plan of redemption. We must never use this truth as a license to sin, as we're talking about. And, and But let us never erroneously assume that God cannot use our mistake, our sin, our failures to contribute to his glory, and therefore our good in the end. You see, because we live far removed from the cultural setting of Genesis, it's hard for us to understand why Rebecca and Jacob so eagerly desire the, the patriarch blessing. And yet their motivations became even more evident when we consider the nature of the benediction given by Isaac and Jacob. And that is to say, patriarch blessings were not merely a father's wishes for their sons. They were unalterable. For example, Judah did uh, come to lead Israel in Genesis uh, 49, 9-10. The family blessing was mediated by God through the faith of the patriarchs. Thus, receiving a blessing was clearly in Jacob's best interest. 
Isaac's actions are born by faith, as we see in Hebrews 11.20. He knows the Lord alone can, can give Abraham's benediction to Jacob. True, he can wrongly intend to bless Esau, revealing the depths of his ignorance even as he trusts God. And still, the Creator is pleased to use flawed people to carry out His plan. Despite Isaac's immature faith and misdirected affection, God furthers His plan of salvation. And in like manner, God uses His people today to further the growth of His kingdom. Now, the content of Isaac's blessing is found in our chapter. It's immediately apparent that its recipient will be the next to inherit uh, Abraham's place as a man greatly favored by the Almighty. The promise of fatness of earth that looks forward to the day when Jacob and his offspring will enjoy long life in the, in the promised land and need to harvest grain and wine for their many descendants. The Jacob will also rule over many peoples, including his brothers, with a divine blessing or curse on any person dependent on how they treat him. John Calvin comments, God will constate him the chief and the head of a holy and elect people who will preserve and defend him by his power and will secure his salvation in the face of his enemies of every kind. Jacob and his sons in many ways failed to serve God thankfully for his favor. And yet in his love, the Lord did not abandon his people, but gave the blessing to his own son, who as our perfect brother is entitled to our service. And as we've seen, we too can be blessed if we bless him with our whole life. And now scripture is clear that the patriarch blessing finds its fullness in Christ alone, the true son of Abraham. In fact, in his grace, the father has extended this blessing to all who believe on him, as we see in Galatians 3.29. How readily do we forget that we who serve Jesus are the blessed people of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do his will. Reflect on this great status today as you go about your business and marvel at the Lord's willingness to set his favor on you because of the righteousness of God imputed to you by faith in his name. Now, when we first read of Rebecca a few chapters ago, we, we saw how she must be regarded as a woman of strong faith. Rebecca embodied scripture's call for the people of God to be hospitable to strangers when she performed the arduous task of watering the camels belonging to Abraham's servant in Genesis 24. Her concerns for the things of the Lord also became evident when she agreed to go out from her homeland to a country she did not know to marry a man she had never met, just as Abraham left Ur after the God of creation had called him in Genesis 12. And in this chapter today, we're seeing that this woman of faith reemerges as a pivotal actor in the drama of redemption. Hearing her husband's stubborn plan to deliver the patriarch blessing to Abraham, she hatches a plot to foil it. Rebecca knows that Jacob has been elected to supplant his older brother and is likely aware of Esau's willingness to trade his birthright for a bowl of soup. Out of love for Jacob and as many Old Testament scholars assert a desire to see God's word come true, Rebecca moves to ensure that the son who loved sin will not inherit the promises. And now to remove any possibility that Jacob might not go along with her scheme, Re Rebecca alters the words Isaac spoke to Esau when she reports their dialogue to her younger son. And in order to temper any possible fear of reprisal, she omits Isaac's reference to Esau's weapons and pledges to take upon herself any dreaded curse. And Rebecca also emphasizes the Lord's presence and offer blessing in verse 7, alerting Jacob to the gravity of the situation. Now, Rebecca's intent was noble, but as we're going to talk about even tomorrow, her methods were not. 
Uh, in fact, we conclude today with the remarks of John Calvin. Rebecca's faith was mixed with an unjust and an immoderate zeal. This is to be carefully observed in order that we may understand that a pure and distinct knowledge does not always so illuminate the minds of the pious as to cause them to be governed in all their actions by the Holy Spirit. And so may our zeal always include a concern for holiness so that our intentions and our methods might glorify God. Oftentimes, even the most zealous for the faith are new converts who lack knowledge and thus may promote an erroneous view of the Lord from his word. Unfortunately, those with the most knowledge of biblical truth are sometimes the least zealous for the gospel. If you are a new convert, make sure you're studying the word of God and sitting under sound doctrinal preaching in your local church. If you lack zeal, spend time with a spirited Christian so that some of their enthusiasm and encouragement may encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching today's episode of Reading the Bible Daily with Dave. My name is Dave, and today is January 27th, and we've looked at Genesis 27. Until tomorrow, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, or follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, X, or YouTube. We appreciate your support.